Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing this week on Wednesday afternoon. Joining me from New York City is Tim Bonteps. Hello, guys. Wearing a New York Mets hat. That's right. Uh, joining good, us good, in his last fact. day, his last day in Europe, about to leave Cologne, Germany, after watching pool play in Eurobasket is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. How are you holding up on your European uh, uh, drama there? Uh, ready to come home, not going to lie. Uh, it's been a great trip. Uh, it's been some interesting things, but uh, had a lot of fun. Saw some really interesting hoops. Um, just had maybe the worst dinner of my life because I didn't have enough cash. I spent all my cash and nowhere takes a credit card, so I had to get like sandwiches from a German grocery store uh, because the hotel kitchen was closed. So uh, <laughs> this is the kind wah, of analysis wah, wah. you came here for. <laughs> yeah, unlike un- unlike Luca, I am not finishing my uh, Cologne stay with a bang. Well, he certainly did that. You were at the game that was was Wednesday morning, I guess, here in the U.S. Slovenia against France. Um, great international basketball game, Luca. Mm-hmm. Had 47, McMahon? 47. 47. 47. Uh, against Gobert and Evan Fournier, he made a couple of shots over Gobert, although by the end of the game, the French were essentially double and triple teaming him. Yeah. And uh, one of their guards Lucas... basically said, why don't we do that earlier in the game? <laughs> yeah. Fair uh, question. Yeah, uh, they were switching for a while. Uh, Gobert ended up on Luca several times, and it was just, just Luca being Luca. You you were on NBA Today with me today to talk about it. And I think you said um, it was a classic Luca LOL performance. Yeah, I mean, it just today was crazy, and honestly, the last two days. So, for those who don't follow your basket closely, they this group plays five games in seven days. And it used to be yeah. five and five, I understand. Now it's five and seven. So Luca stunk it up against Bosnia. His right wrist is bothering him. He went 0 for 8 from three, turned it over a bunch, didn't, didn't play well. Bosnia beat Slovenia, which is no disrespect to Yusuf Nurkic, but that's a pretty massive upset. Slovenia being the defending champion here, obviously, you know, went to the uh finished fourth in the Olympics. Um and it was it, like it was. This was the first time I think that Luca in a Slovenia uniform really was kind of dealing with adversity, you know, pressure, if you want to call it that. If you remember, they lost to Germany in a World Cup qualifying game right before Eurobasket, and and didn't look good doing it. Um, you know, I, then they lose to Bosnia, and there's bickering. Man, Luca's yelling at the coach on the sideline for the whole arena to see. Uh, not to mention the rest throughout the game all the time um goran dragic called the coach out when dragic only played he lit it up in the first quarter then only played a total of 24 minutes in the game uh and you know dragic nice guy slovenian media asked him uh about that he had a very brief answer and stomped off i said what do you say <laughs> they said ask the coach <laughs> that, that was dragic's answer um you know other guys were uh, so as uh as ito murich who is the player who went to the podium today after Luca scored 47. Um, Wasn't a podium said, game for Luca. Uh, <laughs> no, he no, he, he gotta, eschewed the podium. Luca could have scored 77. He wasn't going to the podium today. 
He went there once uh, during this trip. Anyways, um, you know, as he as he told the Slovenian reporters, uh, they had a crisis meeting after that Bosnia game. They, they had a day off after that. Had, had a crisis meeting, poured some pure wine, and basically talked. Not a team out. meeting, a crisis meeting. Yes. <laughs> and well, so, what would that be? Reaction if on the podium during the NBA playoffs, a player said, "Well, we." We had a crisis meeting. I might just start calling them crisis meetings. Let's just do that. Forget this team meeting nonsense. Let's just call it a crisis meeting. Anyway, so they go have some wine at the crisis meeting. And Luca came back and tapped into that just, there is a ruthless competitiveness about him that, you know, there's only a handful of guys I think you see it in. And couldn't shoot very well still against Germany. The wrist is bothering him, all that absolutely just bullied them. I mean, guys are bouncing off him. Everything's through contact. He's finishing the lane, you know, crazy floaters, reverse layups, fadeaways. 36 points, 10 rebounds in that game. 36 was the uh, Slovenian Eurobasket scoring record, beating Goran Dragic's 35 in the last final uh, by one. Uh, That record did not last 24 hours. Uh, He came out. Gobert got in early foul trouble. Luca got cooking, and that was that. And when Luca, I'm sure if you guys have seen the highlights, you saw this one. Shot clock's running down. He's kind of out in no man's land. Gobert's on him. He's going left, jumps. So he's like headed toward out of bounds. He's out outside the three point line, just throws it up and Into goes the shot in. Clock, right? In the shot clock. And uh, as our, as, Everybody's favorite Denver Nuggets Slovenian forward Vlatko Chanchar told me uh, when that shot went in, he was like, it's going to be a long night for France. It was yeah. a long so, but, night, and I, but it was a hell of a game, though, down the stretch. Yeah, it was a great game. It was. A, I don't know how you're going to enjoy uh, better basketball in September on a Wednesday morning than you <laughs> <laughs> if you watch that on ESPN Plus. Right. By um, the way, uh, I mentioned Goran Dragic wasn't thrilled about his uh, his minutes when they lost to Bosnia. He'd been coming off the bench because they were trying to stagger the minutes with him and Luka. Started these last two games, and he played 39-39 of a 40-minute <laughs> game today yeah. at, th- at age 36. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know how the Mavericks feel about Luka playing five games in seven days uh, with, mm-hmm. a, with a sore wrist and – I think he's got a sore hand and he was bleeding yeah, he, for a while today. It don't yeah, particularly matter what the Mavericks think because he is going to be playing <laughs> well, you remember, in, in these like, games. 10, 12 years ago, like maybe it was even longer. Cuban, Mark Cuban, like led a crusade where he didn't oh, want yeah. his players playing in international. Well, it's battle. funny, you know, they retired Dirk's number here. Uh, I believe it was the first night. Um, and Cuban you know, and a Mavs contention came over for that. And uh, Dirk specifically, the one non-German, uh, you know, thing that he said during his his speech was he thanked Cuban for always supporting him, representing his country in the summers. Uh, Make sure was... to say it not in not in German. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think Cuban's German is that good, but uh, no, Cuban well, I meant definitely. So they wouldn't to... boo him, right? Cuban, well, I don't think they're booing Dirk. Um, they're booing, booing Cuban. I meant, I meant booing Cuban, but Dirk could probably say anything. They're not booing. Well, anyone. he just he always complained, but he never kept Dirk playing about Luca playing because they're not going to do anything aside from maybe not signing Gordon Dragic, not offering him a real role, which is neither here nor there. Uh, but they're not going to do. Which, by the way, which by the way, 
you, you were on the low post and you were talking about them looking at Dennis Schroeder. If these bozos yeah. signed Dennis Schroeder and didn't sign Goran Dragic, Luca's idol, to be the a backup point guard off the bench, that that would be completely insane. If they do, uh, that. my understanding I'm just is say that Kid, My understanding is Jay Kid doesn't think Dragic has any juice left, and they basically said, "Hey, do you want to be a foot shorter version of Boban and sit on the end of the bench all season?" He said, "Hell no." So, well, you all know. I'm going to say is I watched Dennis Schroeder nearly single-handedly destroyed the Boston Celtics season last year for half a season before he got jettisoned. <laughs> and then they became the greatest team of all time for two months. So <laughs> I, I would be aware if I'm the Mavs, if that's the move is to go. Sign By the Dennis way, Schroeder playing for now, playing for team Germany, free agent, Dennis Schroeder, 18.3 points shooting 21% on three. Yee, mm-hmm. Not so good. Uh, 45 45% overall, one of a number of um, guys to pay attention to. Uh, McMahon, not all of the teams are there with you in Cologne. They're all proceeding on right. to Berlin uh, for the 16 round of 16, eight semis, 16, eight quarter semis finals. The knockout rounds are in Berlin to make that a right, little right, simpler right. than whatever you just You're- said. You are correct. <laughs> that was a little clumsy. So you haven't <laughs> seen the whole, like, for example, Giannis is absolutely kicking tail. Um, yeah, well, I've, I've watched some of that on TV. They'll have, okay. you know, the other games on the TVs in the media center. But what do you, but other teams that you've seen in there in Cologne, what are your takeaways from? Well, this was um, the, this was the so-called group of death in Cologne. And, you know, I, I, I think that the, the short answer is it's pretty much the same as we thought going in. Uh, uh, France, Mrs. Nondolo and Nicholas Batum. Batum basically said, Hey, I'm going to, Save my legs for for the Clippers this year, um, and so you've got three teams that have NBA superstars, two MVPs, and a guy who I would wager would be an MVP in the not too distant future. Um, and and those three are the favorites. Serbia cruised through their group to be the top seed. Um, Greece cruised through their, their group to be the top seed. I just had forty one. Uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago, when this this comes out, and then it was it was tougher for for Luca and uh, and Slovenia, but they they made it through, and I th- I think them kind of getting having to deal with that adversity, I, I think was good for them. They were so bad defensively against Bosnia; they were bickering. They kind of came. Well, together. I mean, to be all to be well, all to be honest, I don't really care about. I mean. No offense. I don't really care about how Slovenia is playing as a team. I care more about how the guys are. Well, they, but Luca you know. in particular, Luca. I mean, yeah. the, the the focus and determination we've seen from him the last couple of days, it's it's impressive. And it's not yeah. just, you know, it's not just the fact that he's scoring, you know, 36 and then 47 with a bad wrist and now, you know, bruised up fingers. And he didn't come out of this game until 38 seconds left in the first half. That's because he got an elbow opened up gash on his head. Um, but it's not just that, like he's locked in. So Franz Wagner, uh, you know, obviously the, the man, German, he was Germany's best player in the first few games. He, he had let, 32. Let me, uh, yeah. Let me tell you some, let me tell you Franz Wagner's stats. So, so Wagner, uh, number eight overall pick in the 2021 draft to Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. he just turned 21. Um, combo forward um he averaged 16 points but he had as you mentioned 32 
points in a big game against Lithuania. Um, and more interestingly to me, shot shot 50% uh, in his first five games from three-point range. Um, he shot it really well. He can. He's created off the dribble. He's done stuff moving off the ball. And again, three games, he looked great. Um, he disappeared against Slovenia. And I'm going to tell you, he went scoreless in the first quarter, and Luka was guarding him. And then the biggest defense play of that game was Luka chasing uh, Schroeder. Schroeder got a layup and swatted it off last kind of steal win. So again, I just like obviously Luka, there, there's talent, there's skill. Um, the dude competes. You know, he doesn't always train the way you want him to. He doesn't always, uh, you know, practice. You have to make it competitive, I think, to get him. Uh, engage, but we've seen these last couple of days, you know, playing the fourth and fifth game in a, in a uh, seven day stretch, unbelievable focus and, uh, and competitiveness. And you now we'll say the thing, obviously the Mavericks, you know, guy, the guy's getting beat up. You're concerned about that. They don't have to worry though. Is he going to report to camp in shape? He'll be in game shape unless he has the most yeah, spectacular think- week and a half ever. I think they actually probably want to give him some of the start of camp easy after this, because, yeah, you know, sure they have they a real, they have a chance to go to the end here as does Serbia. Serbia was undefeated mm-hmm. in the, um, in the group play Jokic. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to know about Jokic. Oh, here's all I need to tell you. He's yeah. averaging 20, 11 and, and five. Um, <laughs> Jokic is Jokic. Like I said, uh, uh, Giannis is Giannis. The most important thing with Giannis did, is he, did he get hurt here? Giannis has averaged 31 points so far in this tournament and he shot 9%. Yeah, and Giannis, nine. he did sit out a game against Great Britain, which is not exactly a basketball powerhouse. Right. Um, and the coach, uh, Kirk Goldsberry was there actually. The coach said it was because he was a little sore. Uh oh. He played the next day and had 41 against Ukraine. So the coach doesn't understand that when you, when you give a player off for rest, he hasn't learned, um, you know, load management back stiffness, you know, don't, don't even if, even if he does have a sore knee, don't say sore knee, (laughs) say something else. Um, but so like, so the thing about, um, when the when players play for their national team, they have a different role. So like, for example, Lowry Markin is averaging 26 a game for the Finns or the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because everything is being funneled through him. We know who Jokic and Jonas, uh, Jonas Valanciunas is, you know, Valanciunas is putting up good numbers for Lithuania. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in Franz Wagner. I'm interested yeah. in Alperin Shingun from uh, the Rockets. Who's playing for Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, who's averaging, who averaged 18 points um, and shot 50% from the field, actually 60% from the field in this tournament. I'm interested in Franz Wagner. Those are the guys I'm interested in. I mean, one of the guys who's made some headlines a little bit is Tyler Dorsey, who yeah. I believe is American, but he's playing for yeah, Greece. He's, yeah, he's, he's a natural he citizen. A Greek, yeah, I think he does have like a Greek grandparent. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, well, but so he's Mavericks, a Mavericks he's a, uh, yeah, go ahead. Mavericks two way guy. Um, and you know, I was talking to uh, some Mavs folks while they were here, and you know, there's optimism that he might actually 
contribute. Like he might actually carve out some some rotation minutes this year. Um, he's been great when Giannis played. Then when Giannis didn't play against uh, against Great Britain, he didn't do a whole lot in that game. But you know what? Okay, so he's a guy who needs to play off a superstar. They they happen to have one of those guys in Dallas. He's a shooter who can kind of attack closeouts. Question is, can he guard at the NBA level? We'll see. But uh, but he's been interesting. Franz Wagner. He's twenty six. He's, he's not exactly a. He's he's not. He exactly went a to Oregon. He went to Oregon. He was a second round pick by the Hawks. He played a couple of years for the Hawks, and then he went back over to Europe and played for a couple of years. Yeah, and he turned uh, anyway. down a uh, two year, three million dollar deal. I mean, in Greece to sign on a two way. So he you know he took about a third of the money to sign on a two way because he's betting that. He'll parlay that two way into a into a standard contract. So we'll see. Well, I think he's got a shot. Yeah. So a couple of guys I want to mention: uh, Simone Fontecchio. I think I said mm. that correctly. Um, who is an Italian? Not a surprise. Uh, an Italian um, who has played very well for the Italians. Um, he's a forward, um, twenty six years old. Uh, just signed with the Jazz. Was one of the better mm-hmm. players in Europe. Last couple of years, just signed with the Jazz. Um, he's played well for Italy. Of course, uh, the Italians lost Nilo Gallinari last week to a torn ACL, which was not good news for the Celtics. Um, but uh, Fontecchio, I believe I'm saying it right, um, interesting guy who well, I'm sure will get some time for the Jazz this year. And as I talked to some scouts who have been over there, they really have been uh, moved by uh, what Franz Wagner has shown. Um, I put him on my second team all rookie. Um, he had some yeah. real moments for the Magic uh, last year. Um, and the reason I think it's interesting, I mean, the Magic are a team that are we're going to pay some more attention to this year, mostly just because of, you know, we want to see how Paolo Bancaro uh, looks there, um, you know, and just, you know, they're, they're a team that's probably going to take a lot of losses, but you know, last year, you know, they had two lottery picks and Wagner had the more notable uh, rookie year because Jalen Suggs was hurt for so much of it. But Wagner is a guy to watch and Mm -hmm. it brings up an interesting point, Bontemps. Wagner was the first significant piece that the Magic used from the trade that they got uh, when they... um, uh, when they uh, made the deal with the bulls that the pick that was used um, uh, was the bulls. Uh, It was a top four protected pick ended up being the eighth pick. Um, The bulls, uh, you know, uh, made the move to get Nikola Vucevic to, because they thought this was going to be like, um, you know, they were trying to hit the gas and the bulls are watching their draft pick potentially do really well. And the bulls, had some bad news to get reported this last week by our Ramona Shelburne and Jamal Collier that Lonzo Ball um, is not going to be ready with his knee injury um, for the start of training camp and likely not for the start of the regular season. And so (laughs) the Bulls have a lot on their plate, but (laughs) I would feel a little bit queasy uh, not only about how well Wagner is doing, but their pick this year still goes to Orlando top four protected. And now your point guard, who was a real part of their early season success last year has an uncertain future. Yeah. And Wendell Carter is already better than Nikola Vucevic. So it's a pretty much a disaster across. The board. I, I don't think and that's a slam dunk statement, 
But uh, I think I think that's a bold statement. But I think the first part's a bold statement. I don't think the second part is. And well, I didn't like that it, trade at the time. It, I was going to say before I got cut off. If at minimum you want to say they're the same level player. Vucevic is going this way. Wendell's going this way. And Wendell's on a much better contract. Beyond that, McMahon at the time of this trade was way down on it. I was, I guess, lukewarm on it. But McMahon hit this one out of the park because this has been an absolute disaster for the Bulls. Now, you look at where they're sitting at. Obviously, DeMar had a great year last year. They got back to the playoffs again for the first time in a few years. But if you're spinning this thing forward, not only did they give up Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr., who together are clearly better than Nikola Vucevic at this point, they also gave up another top four protected pick in 2023, this upcoming draft, which is a loaded draft. And if we look at where the Bulls sit in the Eastern Conference, even if Lonzo Ball is healthy, I think it's not assured they're a playoff team. If Lonzo Ball's out for any significant amount of time, you start checking off the teams in the East. It's hard for me to see the Bulls being in the top eight. I mean, I think they'll probably be a playing tournament team almost no matter what, because they're, I think, a level above teams like the Knicks and the Wizards sort of that are fighting for 10th. But that's not what the Bulls envisioned when they traded for Lonzo and signed and traded for DeMar and traded for Vucevic. This was a team that was supposed to be fighting for home court advantage in the first round to be winning playoff series. That was what they were billed as. And in reality, you look at it now. Yes, they got Zach Levine back. They have, you know, they have a solid team, but you look at how good and deep the Eastern Conference is. I'd be feeling pretty queasy if I was running the Bulls right now, looking at it, saying, you know, what just what direction is this team going in? What's a loaded Eastern Conference with a an older, uh, an older talent pool already mm-hmm. on the roster, and now you've got injury issues for Lonzo on top of it. Yeah, and at at the time I didn't like it because I I didn't think there was any way the Bulls were going to be more than first round fodder at best. If they didn't sniff the first round, that first year really adds to the the pain of the deal. Well, they're and, picking it up eight. <laughs> yeah, and Franz Wagner, like he was an easy. I mean, there's a strong argument for him to be a first team all rookie guy. He was, last by year. the way, he was. By the way, he was first team all rookie, and he was on my. First team. Okay. Good. God bless you. Yeah, what a genius. Another then, I mean, Montem's genius moment. But he, this dude is. Six, I went to nine. look to see if I actually put him on first team so I could say that because I couldn't legitimately remember. There but you go. He was very good he, as a rookie. But he, he he's six nine and like not not skinny. Um, he's competitive, and I'm telling you the skills like he can he can run pick and roll for you. He can catch and shoot. He can shoot off the move. Uh, you know, he moves well without the ball inside the arc too. Um, I did, you know, Jamal Mosley came out to see him, uh, the Magic's coach for a few days. And I talked to to Mosley a little bit. And I, I'll tell you this, Mosley thinks the guy's a stud. He, he thinks he's uh, a, a foundation piece type of dude. And, and you know, he had a, a rough one against Slovenia, but you see the development, you see the potential for him to be who you can run a lot of stuff through and if he's that dude and Bancaro's that dude, they've at least got something started. You know, guys who are uh, very young pieces that can can grow if you're putting the right uh, right sort of dudes around them. We'll talk. So what we yeah, talk about we all don't the time. Know. We we talk about all the time that you want two way wing players, right? Mm-hmm. And Franz Wagner is a two way wing. Like that's the most premium asset you've got in the league, and he's a great fit to your point, man. Playing next to Paolo as a guy who can guard either forward spot, who can play you know both on and off the ball. 
He's becoming a better shooter. As Brian pointed out, he's shooting the ball well. He shot 36%, 35% from three last year, which is perfectly fine mm -hmm. as a rookie. Like that combo for that forward combination going forward with him and Paolo. I mean, if you're a Magic fan. Obviously, it's been a rough bunch of years, but that's a pretty exciting foundation to be looking at going forward. I, I would bet on the Magic winning a playoff series over the next five years over the Bulls. I just, I think the Bulls mm -hmm. will be in the playoffs. Uh, probably this year, but well, I, just, I have I, to say, I mean, that's an interesting statement. Um, there's a lot more upward mobility for Orlando, certainly. Yeah, the Eastern Conference is so competitive, and the Bulls watching this summer as the Bulls watched Atlanta, who we're going to talk about in a couple of mm -hmm. minutes, upgrade with yeah. DeJounte Murray, watching Cleveland upgrade mm -hmm. with Donovan Mitchell, and then the Lonzo Ball thing. They were not the same team after Lonzo got hurt last no. January, particularly defensively. So to, just to recall, when the bull, when, when Lonzo got hurt, it was a torn meniscus. And the press release that the Bulls put out when they had this, when he had the surgery, which is at the end of January, they were saying a six to eight week recovery timetable. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I always say that there's no such thing as minor knee surgery. It's only minor knee surgery when it's not your knee. But when you hear about a meniscus surgery that's a 68-week timetable, that means that the meniscus was snipped or partially removed. It, it does not mean the meniscus repair. The meniscus repair surgery is something that knocks you out for months. Mm -hmm. um, so while I don't 100% know um, what type of surgery it is, the, the timetable that the Bulls put out in their press release indicated it was the partial you know snipping of the meniscus um and so for him to not be ready by the end of the season they also said he had a a bone bruise in his knee at the same time so you know that's the thing um for him not to be ready by the end of the season was worrisome for him not to be ready um you know they're basically saying he's not going to be probably not going to be ready by mid-october and they really they really don't know for sure when he is yeah the bulls that just to just to read them the Bulls sent out two releases during the season. Back on January 20th, they said, following initial period of rest and targeted intervention, Bulls guard Lonzo Ball will undergo arthroscopic surgery on his left knee and is expected to return in six to eight weeks. So that'd be sometime in mid to late March, right? Then on April 6th, the Bulls put out, Chicago Bulls guard Lonzo Ball will not return for the rest of the season. He underwent surgery on his left knee on January 28th. He continues to experience pain with high-level physical activity. He will continue daily treatment and rehabilitation in preparation for the 22-23 season. That's not great. No. no. Now it's September 6th, and we still don't know when he's going to be on the floor again. That's pretty concerning. September 7th, where I'm at. I don't know if it's... Well, crap. I'm right. actually ahead of you then. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I'm going September. home tomorrow. That's what day it is. T-minus <laughs> <laughs> one, one day from home. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I would just think that, um, you know, look, uh, the, the Bulls didn't get, you know, they put a, a lot into Patrick Williams. They believe a lot in him. Um, you know, that you know, Bontemps, you talked about two-way wings. They think that that's the type of guy who can be a core player for them. You know, they think, you know, okay, we don't have Franz Wagner, but we have Patrick Williams. You know, they, they still have DeMarcus. Be nice uh, to have both. Rose. Uh, well, right. it, yeah, I mean, it certainly would be nice to have both. That's for sure. Yeah. So there has been some discussion. Vujicic is going into the final years of his career. There's been some reporting out of Chicago that of his contract, um, his contract. 
I'm sorry. Settle down there, Brian. Was that a Freudian slip? I'm sorry. (laughs) His contract. Um, There has been some reporting that he may do a contract extension or they may discuss a contract extension. So we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, the Bulls, you know, they were what they were the sixth seed last year, I think. Um, They were the sixth seed. Yeah, it's um, right behind them were the Nets, the Hawks and the Cavs. And I'd say right now, all three of those teams are better. Yeah. That hasn't yeah. been ninth. Yeah. So um, th- you wouldn't feel great about, about the situation there. And uh, they do need Lonzo back. So, um, you know, and also Zach Levine's coming off knee surgery. Now, that was also deemed, you know, minor arthroscopic procedure. So, so you know, but I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be at 100%. Just because even if he's feeling great, it just knee surgery takes some time. So, um, yeah, well, I'm sure both fans were, sitting at home. I'm sure both fans sitting at home saying Patrick Coyne has missed all last year. Lonzo had these injuries. Zach Levine had these injuries. Caruso had a bunch of injuries. If all our guys are healthy, our team is going to be good. Yeah, that might be true. I still think even with all those guys healthy, the Bulls are not in the top four in the East. I think they're somewhere in that well, five to nine group with the these Bulls other teams. Were, the Bulls believe Arturis Kornishevis is he put a lot of stock into Patrick Williams. And yeah. if Patrick Williams comes out this year and is a two-way monster, then we may have a different discussion. That changes things for sure. Yeah. That changes so, things for sure. But I don't feel great about the Bulls right now. So stock is down. Um, all right. Uh, before we move on, it's trivia time, Bon Temps. Ah, that sound has to make you smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting, conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash hoop right now. Shopify.com slash hoop. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. It's time for a Hoop Collective Trivia. Maybe you've got some Mets trivia. I have some, I have some German trivia. Uh, how many... Oh uh, there have been three... Oh, I shouldn't even say three. There have been three uh, 
all-stars from Germany in the history of the NBA. Who are they? Dirk. Detlef Schrempf. Yep. And the I made, last... it, I made it. I made it easier by saying three. I should have just said <laughs> how many. I just said who have they been. I feel like the last one's some kind of asterisk type of deal. No, Dominique, Dominique Wilkins. No, I actually no. like like a guy who was born at uh, uh, Ramstein uh, Air Force Base or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh. that's um, right. I think Dominique was born in France. Yes, Dominique is French. Yeah, not true. Yeah. How um, dare you? Hmm. Sure wasn't Uwe Blob. It wasn't uh, him. Schroeder's not been an all-star. Nope. A good player. Well-known guy. Not not some kind of a trick question. Good player. Well-known guy. This Should is the one better. I thought you would struggle with, though. I was pretty sure you get Schrempf pretty quick. Yeah. Well, he was also a, a maverick in my youth. Oh, that's why I, that, I knew you'd get him uh, right away. Rick Smits was not German. Not he was uh, Duncan Dutchman. He was yeah, Dutch. Maris, uh, Bobby Marks, alma mater, Marist. Maris, upstate yeah. New York. Rick Played Smith. with Rudy Gobert's dad there. Um, hmm. Played in the no 80s. Idea, by the way. Good scoring wing. Has been out of the league for a long time. Has worked in a bunch of different jobs with teams to the league office. Played in Very the 80s. Very tall guy. Out of league. Wears glasses. Kiki Vandaway is the other guy. Kiki Vandaway. Oh, I didn't know he was born in Germany. Yeah. All right. That is an asterisk. Would, Come on. Why is it an asterisk? He, I don't, he, did he grow up in Germany? Oh, he's born there. I didn't think it was okay, an asterisk. That's why it's an asterisk. I've talked to Kiki Vandeweghe a number of times. He does not have a German. Yeah, I was going to say. Kiki no and I've talked to Detlef and I've talked maybe to has, Maybe he has a. Uh, <laughs> let me see. So a Mavericks legend, a guy who started his career with the Mavericks, and a guy who refused to start his career with the Mavericks. He was born in West Germany. I'm trying to see All if right. there was a move over. All right. All right. That's I don't think asterisk. so. Well, All right. there you I go. There's the third guy. Day. All right. This week's edition of uh, What's Going On In is with the Atlanta Hawks. Why? 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 Why would they do that? Very strange trade. Why? Would you do that? Who have, um, we're trying to highlight teams that have had, have had a bunch of stuff go on in the offseason. Atlanta certainly qualifies. For sure. So there was a time where I thought it was almost a guarantee that John Collins was going to get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, not only does he not been traded, but the Hawks made one of the big offseason moves when they traded for Jajante Murray. Um, traded, did they trade three firsts for him? Believe so. Um, Can I start off yeah. our discussion with a question? Yeah. How many backcourts are better in the Eastern Conference than Trey Young and DeJounte Murray? In the East. In the East. We got asked this in a five on five after uh, sometime after the Donovan Mitchell trade. We got asked about Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. And I said to lead in, I think Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are the best backcourt in the East. I think. You well, can... I mean, I've. I think there's an argument. Point guards, like you know, Kyrie but, and and I mean, Durant they're both going to technically a 
Well, Durant's, Kevin Durant's Durant is not a guard. I know, but they are both perimeter ball handlers. It's like no, saying, but, you know, no, they're not guards. I know, but One it's kind of hard. You could say to Ben compare. Simmons and you could argue Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving if you want. I know, but I know what you're saying. But like, for example, like Boston, I know, you know, yeah, Jason Tatum's not a guard. I know, but they handle the ball in the perimeter the same way that, that Murray and, and Young are going to do for the Hawks. Harden and Tyrese Maxey have an argument. If, if I think Maxey is a clear level below. And I actually think Trey Young is better than Harden at this point, so I, I don't think that and, one's that much up for debate. I mean, that, that one will be interesting. The better debate to me is with, I think the only one that's really a debate is uh, Garland and Mitchell. Yeah. It's a good question, but it's not... Like, for example, I, I I would say the same thing with Milwaukee. Like, Chris Middleton handles the ball a lot. I know he's not a guard, but he handles the ball a lot. So, like, you're talking about your two primary ball handlers. No, you know. I'm talking about two guards. Who has two guards right, better yeah. than those two guys? It's not it's not a complicated question. Okay, I know, but we're kind of in a positionless <laughs> NBA. Like, you know. Um I, I mean, you you don't like Jason Tatum doesn't handle the ball. You don't think Jason Tatum handles the ball? He's not a guard. I didn't think this was going to be a controversial question in this respect. (laughs) Jeez. Well, DeJounte Murray. um, The point was DeJounte Murray is underrated, I think, and is really, really good. And I think he he was an all-star player. He's underrated, but they paid genuine all-star price they, for him they paid full market rate for him i was talking about in the general yeah. among the general populace i know he's an all-star last year but people don't think of Dejounte murray right away because he's well, been playing he, in san antonio he, the team hasn't been good i just think he's really good he fills their two biggest needs they you need plus defenders around trey young and you need somebody else on that roster who can run the show when you know for the, days off the court yeah whatever it is 14 minutes or whatever it is that uh that that Trey Young sits. So he definitely makes him significantly better. It's a it, I it's a steep price to pay because I still think it's and I don't know how they get that. Maybe you know maybe maybe Hunter can kind of take a leap and become a legit number 3 guy. You know I like I like Capella but he's more of your role playing big. Uh Collins I still you know, you're not involved in that many trade rumors, and and uh, you know, I I, I right. just think you know, there's some sort of time limit there. I think he's probably uh, has a, a real estate agent on speed dial at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you're if you're looking at the Hawks, you know, in a lot of ways, man. To your point about um, the Vucevic trade before, you can make an argument that Dejounte Murray's trade is a similar trade. Right now, he's obviously a younger player. Mm-hmm. He's a perimeter player. He doesn't have the defensive weaknesses that uh, Vooch has as an interior player, which obviously hinder his upside, his ultimate upside. But mm-hmm. to your point about you didn't like that trade because you trade, make this trade, you give up this draft capital, and what's the ultimate ceiling? I think you can make a similar argument with the, this trade, and where you look at the Hawks, you look at the East, you go where where's the path for them to get out of the first round? And to Brian's point earlier about Patrick Williams, I think the argument for the Hawks getting out of the first round down the road is, to your point, DeAndre Hunter takes steps forward. You know, he had a really good second year. He showed some real flashes. Um, He's dealt with a bunch of injuries. If he can stay on the court, he looks like the kind of wing every team is looking for, especially alongside guards like that. And the other guy is Anyaka Okongwu, who's a really good, big, young, big. 
in the conference finals a couple years ago, did an awesome job guarding LeBron, uh, Giannis um, in that Buck series. You know, he has some upside too to really take a step forward. And maybe that's how this team goes forward. But you trade all these draft picks, you're pretty locked in salary wise. You know, the Hawks are going to need some of that internal improvement, I think, to really find a way to take a step forward. Because right now, again, they're probably in this group of teams that's somewhere between five and seven and eight in the East. And they're going to have to find a way to jump up with having exhausted a lot of the resources to go get DeJounte yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So they have some decisions to make still before the start of the season, primarily DeAndre Hunter's uh, he's extension eligible. He was a fourth pick in the draft. Uh, the three guys in front of him have extended. Um, you know, there's a number of guys who I think will come down to the wire in October, just because it's going to be hard to establish value. A guy like Tyler hero, for example, um, um, maybe uh, uh, Grant Williams from the Celtics, Jordan Poole from the Warriors, um, those types of guys. Um, and Hunter will be one of those guys, you know, how, what, what will they handle? How will they handle the extension? Will they do one or not? Um, they kind of, you know, they've retrofitted their roster a little bit. It's, it's a question about whether, um, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, where he fits in, they look to trade him. They already moved Kevin Herter in a move that, you know, was, was aimed to free up long-term salary. Uh, they, they got him a first pick back picks. after they traded yeah. a bunch of picks. Right. They got a first round pick back for him from Sacramento. So, um, you know, they're, you know, they, they still have some maneuvers they can make, but what I kind of think is interesting is they have, you know, Hunter is a defender. DeJounte Murray is a defender. Okongu is a defender. And then they have offensive minded players like Trey. Capella's still the, a defender. Capella's a defender. Right. Um, John Collins, not a, not a, he's an offensive mind. Trey yeah. Young, offensive mind. They have, you know, Nate McMillan can go a couple of different directions with how he puts the team together. Um, uh, Travis Schlank has given him uh, a couple of different avenues to go down with the way they can do their roster. So um, they, they are, despite having traded for Jonte Murray, they are still a very deep team that can both potentially use some of those assets, whether it's Collins or Bogdanovich or somebody else in a trade or, um, you know, they picked up the extra first round pick for Herder that they could flip if they needed to. So unlike Cleveland who really can't trade anything, unlike Chicago that is still out picks, mm -hmm. um, uh, there still is the, you know, the ability for the Hawks who kind of in that, in my mind, fit into that mix for the Hawks to improve this roster. Um, as we go into the season, I don't expect anything before the season, but, right. um, you know, during the season, so I, they're who a dynamic we, team. Who, I don't know where they're going to end up though. I was just going to ask that as another question, maybe this will be, uh, this will actually get an answer instead of an argument, but who, uh, <laughs> do, do we think Atlanta or Cleveland is a better team? Cleveland. Cause I think they're very similar. Yeah, I, I, I would go Cleveland there. Um, because I think that, uh, I think the backcourt are an argument, uh, and I think Cleveland's frontcourt's pretty significantly better. The whole thing with Cleveland to me is how good is Evan Mobley going to be this year? Is Evan Mobley yeah. going to take like yep. a leap forward? Is he going to be out there um, knocking down three-pointers? Is he going Because I've seen him be able to create on offense. Um, is he going to do more of that? Is he going to be more dynamic on that side of the ball? Um, 
And I just, I don't know because the Cavs are, are weak on the, on the wings. Whereas I think the, um, the Hawks may at the, at the, their top end talent may not quite match up with Cleveland, but their overall depth and positional well, flexibility well, is the thing. Their better. top end talent is still really good. Like they've got, I agree. Like, it's just, you know, Cleveland could have four all-stars. Uh, Atlanta does not have four. All-stars. I, again, we need to, I, we need to find like a category for Jared Allen to be in. That's not like, He's I'll like, give you a category he, on the all-star team because that's what he was I mean, last year. He was a, he, he, I, Jared Allen's really you good. All, I, by the way, you always do this. Like you, you, you do this with Sabonis. You're like, well, I know Demonis Sabonis made two all-star teams, but it was in the Eastern conference and blah, blah, blah. Well, if the I guy's mean, on the all-star team is an all-star. Okay. To he me, Jared like, Allen, he wasn't an injury replacement. Are Jared he got put on the all-star team. Are Jared Allen, Jared Allen and click Capella to me are very, very similar players. Is that is that an outlandish? Well, statement? hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're going to use the Vooch is going down, orders going no, up. No, I, 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 you know, if you're if, telling me three years from now, Jared Allen's definitely going to be a better player. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Capella's obviously at this point on the downswing. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying I don't think the gap between Jared Allen and Clint Capella is massive. Personally, they their backcourts are basically the same. DeAndre Hunter is. Way better than any of the wings on the uh, um, yeah. on the Cavs roster. You know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a very good swing guard off the bench. And Yaka Kong was really good. He's another guy who has a ton of upside as a young big. Like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to bag on the Cavs. They're I think Jared Allen's really good. I think their four guys are awesome. But like, they have very little depth beyond those guys. As we talked about, they have no wing players. So That's it's just interesting saying. with the two trades those teams. Talent, their top end talent is better, but their depth and their wings aren't the same. That's what yeah. I, I guess I I guess what I I'm trying to say is I think Atlanta is a little better because I think the top end talent is pretty similar, and I think Atlanta has a lot more depth than the yeah. Cavs. I mean, obviously, because I'm from Cleveland, a lot of people have asked me what I think about the Cavs and where they rank after this trade, and my answer is I don't know because I don't know about Mobley, and I'm concerned. I think the Cavs obviously really improved themselves. And to get four guys in their early to mid-20s under contract, that's a huge get for a mid-market team. Um, so I support the trade, but I don't know how good they are. Um, and I would kind of say the same thing about Atlanta. I don't know how good they are. But their maneuverability with their roster is now greater than Cleveland's. Well, did Atlanta um, overachieve more a couple of years ago going to the East Finals or underachieve more last year? I would say it's somewhere in the middle. Like I think like last year, last year, the Hawks finished with 43 wins when they had a ton of injuries Um, there. They never really had a chance to have their whole team for a long time. They were really good again from like January on. They were absolutely disastrous. The first couple of months of the season turned it around with one of the better teams in the East over the final three or four months of the season. So I, I think they're, they're not a conference finals team, but, you know, again, like them and Cleveland are fascinating to me. It's very similar. They both make these huge trades. They trade a lot of assets for young, dynamic guards that are under contract for three years each. And I look at them both, and I'm not sure either team is going to win a series with those guys on the roster. I know. Mm-hmm. I agree. If ever, you know, assuming health in front of them, those teams are good. <laughs> you know, yeah. those teams are good. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, um, that's why we talked about the Bulls a little bit ago. I'm, I'm not even criticizing the bulls it's just that their margin for error like 
you know, there's going to be a really good team in the East that misses the playoffs, like a really good team. And like, I think Detroit's going to be a lot better. I don't know if they're going to win a lot more, but when you see Detroit on your schedule, that's not going to be a guaranteed win. Like maybe it has been in recent years. And I think that's, what's going to happen with these teams. It's going to be like the Cavs won 44 games last year. They added Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Are they going to win 50? They might not win. They might be better. They might not win 50. 50. Right. No, no. I mean, even the Knicks, like, you know, like we've talked a lot about the Knicks recently, like the Knicks have eight, 10, 12, like rotation level NBA players. Like they're a, they're a deep, solid team. I mean, they're not going to, I'm not saying they're obviously not going to win 50 games or anything this year, but like you have to play the Knicks or you have to play the wizards on a random night. Like they're not going to be a walkover team. Like it's just, it's these just really hard. It's just going to be yeah. really hard to to climb up. I do think um, Atlanta can can go into this season believing that things can go right and that they can be a top five team at the end. And I also think they could finish in the same spot they did last year, which I think mm-hmm. was ninth. I think they were actually tied for eighth, and I think yeah, they, they lost. They the were they were a game. game. They were tied for ninth with Charlotte. Yeah. And then they beat yeah. Cleveland in the play. Right. So, um, but you know, look, Trey young had the best year of his career last year and I don't think he's getting worse. And um, I think if, if you're a Hawks fan, did you like uh, DeJounte Murray uh, getting into a, a, you know, a shouting match in the Seattle pro-am? Did you, I, I, mean, I didn't like a lot. I don't understand why he kind of, he was on one at the at the Seattle <laughs> program. Like why he was he got in that little weird beef with Ben Caro, which is like, dude, what what are you guys doing? And then the thing where he's like slamming the ball on the guy's head, like showing up a non-pro in a pro am. That's uh, that was just a bad look. I don't know what was going on there. Like escape escape pop uh pop, and now you can act out. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I I just know that historically teams get nervous when the Spurs trade somebody. But in this case, I think they're just rebuilding. I think uh, they were were rebuilding. They knew they weren't going to keep them uh, long term. And it was time. And they got a ton for them. And a ton for them, including their own pick this year. Not that that was part of the trade, but it was certainly uh, factored into the thinking. Yeah, that's what factored into the jazz thinking about trading Donovan before the season. They're going to firmly, both those teams are firmly going to be in the tank and mix. No question about it. By the way, uh, our Jonathan Gavoni put out a very interesting story that came out on Wednesday. Maybe it Mm -hmm. came out Tuesday night for McMahon. It was, uh, you know, July it came out. But um, uh, that uh, Victor Wembayama with his French team, the Metropolitan 94s, which I think is a great name for a team, um, are coming over to play the G League Ignite in two games in Vegas mm-hmm. in early October, where uh, Wembayama will go up against Scoot Henderson. Now, Scoot Henderson is a is a two guard. Wembayama is seven four with an every single wingspan. NBA team will have multiple people at those games. Oh my yeah. gosh, it will be I've actually <laughs> crazy. I've actually talked to a lot of people with the French national team here, and you know, unfortunately. Old Victor W. who's not here. I was hoping he was going to play in Eurobasket. That didn't end up happening. He's been banged up. Um, and, you know, talking to those guys, they say the only question is, can he stay healthy? 
They say, you know, everybody knows seven foot four athletic. What is it like a, a 10 foot, you know, standing vertical reach? Like the wingspan's ridiculous, skilled, can put it on the floor, not just can shoot it, but can shoot from the logo, can shoot step backs. He almost doesn't look like he's real. Yeah, he's a gummy. His arms are so long mm-hmm. and he has such a handle. It doesn't look like it's, it's crazy. Real. They think he'll fill out some, not that he'll ever be, you know, uh, a bodybuilder, but they think he'll fill out. And they say he did really smart. He's an interesting character. He, you know, he, he's an artist. He's like a, a big Lego guy. Uh, they, you know, they say he doesn't. Oh, play him and Miles games. Turner. Him and, and yeah. Miles Turner. Miles Turner is like the number one Lego guy in the NBA. But they say he doesn't play video games much, but like his teammates will, will play. And you know, the play but for a month get, or two. He won't get along with Aiton. He will get along with Turner. Well, Aiton no, but they like, say he jumps on the video games in like two hours, is kicking these guys' butts who've been playing a game for a couple months. Oh. So he's a he's supposed to be a, a really sh- yeah, a really sharp, interesting kid, in addition to being seven foot four and ridiculously well, those, skilled at that size. Those those ignite those ignite uh games in October. They will be there will not be games more heavily scouted in the world this year, probably, than those two games. You might be right about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's NBA like preseason games going on that time, but like <laughs> well, that's the and it's that's especially why. There's literally no reason for every single team not to have their their top two or three people all go right. to those games. Well, and I don't know if the if the the you know the the NBA executives and scouts love to watch teams practice. If they open a practice, I don't know what they will do, but if they were to make, oh, you know, they, they can then, go watch then everybody in every front office period would go. Oh my God. <laughs> they would have that thing blanketed. There would be, there would be people would be waiting around the block NBA executives to get yeah, into for sure and practice because there's just not as much, you know, what you're saying about Victor is like information that these guys want McMahon um, that you're gleaning from your obviously tremendous Skill speaking French. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Fortunately, their English is pretty good. <laughs> um, their English is better than go, your French, I assume. <laughs> I've we heard Potem speak and French. Mine too. No, <laughs> listen, I was I said in mine too. Even yeah. though my last name is French, I got no chance. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Before we go, I wanted to talk about 
this um, tremendous press conference with Patrick Beverly um, that came, that went down on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> the Lakers are, are truly going to be performance art this year. Um, Russell Westbrook and Beverly, who we know don't like each other. We, what do you mean? They were smiling. Russ threw the I mean, towel. Come, come on, on, baby. <laughs> uh, look, Beverly, you know, Beverly last year ended up in Minnesota, made the best of it, and got a contract extension out of it. He's going to do the exact same thing with the Lakers. He's going to get there and try to make the best of it, be the best soldier he can, be a pest to the opposition, have the fans fall in love with him, and try to get another contract. That's his goal. <laughs> Russell Westbrook does not want to get traded because if he gets traded, he's going to probably get cut, and it's going to be difficult. He wants to be in L.A., mm-hmm. so they're on their best behavior. But I just do not believe Darvin Ham sat there with a straight face and talked about how they can work together. And I respect what he's doing. He's doing exactly what he should do as a coach. Bontemps, I just do not believe that the Lakers honestly, with a straight face, can believe that Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook playing together, which is what Darvin Ham said that they would do, is going to work. I just don't believe it. it the late when you have LeBron first off in 2022, you have to have shooting. Beverly just has worked three point shooting year of his career. Okay. Maybe he may get a little bit better, but he was just had the worst year of his career shooting the three Westbrook is one of the worst long range shooters. The league has seen in recent times. You need long shooter. You need shooting to space the floor for LeBron Davis. This is a tenant of what won them the title. I just don't believe that they honestly think that that's going to work on temps. If they do, it's going to end very badly. So hopefully they don't for their sake, uh, because it will not work for all the reasons you just said. And look, I, I think, you know, to me, it seems very likely that Russell Westbrook will get traded at some point. I would assume before the start of the season. In exchange. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about that. I, I think well, the based on the executives I'm talking to, they believe that the Lakers have come to the conclusion that they are not going to trade Westbrook now because they don't like any of their offers and they're going to try to make the best of it and see what happens. They may, and, that's, and, and, what, that's well, what the executives think. Well, and listen, again, it go, the, I was going to say, I, I think if they make a trade between now and the start of the season, it's because they think that will give them a chance to be, in theory at least, a chance to be a legitimately competitive team in the West in terms of winning the West and having a chance to win a title. If they can't make a trade that can do that for them and it requires them giving up these future picks, I think you're hard-pressed to do it. And and I, I can understand why they would do that because even though you got an old LeBron James, even though he just signed this extension, we've talked about it a lot. The Lakers have very few good players. They only have their two stars and not much else around them. And again, in the same the same exercise we've been doing a lot in the East because we're doing the you know what in the world's with a lot of these East teams: Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans, the Clippers. Like, there's a ton of really good teams in the West, and the Lakers are going to have to take a significant jump forward with talent in order to That's keep up with those teams. We have talked about potential Westbrook trades. We talked about a trade that they could make with the, with the jazz, for example. And by the way, from what I am told, while it would make sense for the Knicks to have done a three-way deal with the jazz and Lakers, I am told that that never was part of the talks that there were three team constructions between the jazz and Knicks for Donovan Mitchell were, were um, 
players would go to a third team, but I mean, it, obviously they didn't do a deal, but that the Lakers were never directly involved with that. Um, McMahon, I just don't think the Lakers, the jazz, a potential jazz trade. I don't think the Lakers believe right now there's a Westbrook trade that they have, even with their picks that elevates them. So I think they're going to try the feel within the league is right now, and it could change in a week, but the feel within the league from the executives that I talk to right now is they're going to try to make the best of what they have and hope for situations to change in their favor. I was talking to some scouts out here and uh, one of them strongly said they need to bring Russ off the bench. I think that's great if you're playing NBA 2K and just not a realistic option. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing as somebody last year. Yeah, that's the whole thing is last year, somebody, when I had, you know, or after the trade, I was talking to an executive and they were like, well, this could work out if the Lakers are willing to bench Russell Westbrook late in games. And I said, well, that's not, you're not going to, that's not a feasible thing to do. If if you're doing that, you might as well send them home. Right. And and frankly, they're probably better off if they do send them home at this point. The Westbrook who finished last season and said what he said at media day, I thought was untenable returning to the team. Now we've got Westbrook showing up with a smiling face, celebrating with Patrick Beverly. Is that Russell Westbrook who, you know, is willing to drop a decade old rivalry, however old it is. If it's not a decade, it's close. No, it's, I think, yeah, that's right up there. Is he willing to also say, okay, I'll come off the bench or I'll sit at the end of games. Cause last year, they benched him down the stretch of a game, and he took the next game off because he said his back hurt from sitting on the bench. Right, the guy who was an Iron Man for them last year. All Listen, I remember at aggressive. this time. At this time last year, everybody was saying things are going to be so great, and Russ was going to change, and this was going to happen, oh, yeah. and that was going to happen. We are in the annual rite of passage. We're in September. Everybody except for Lonzo Ball is healthy. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's ready to go. It's all going to be awesome. It's all kumbaya. And then you get to mid-October and the season starts, and then you really find out what's going on. And I'm going to make a very large wager on Russell Westbrook not changing his stripes at this point. Yeah, he's made his entire ethos off never changing his stripes, and I don't see that happening now. This is like the 10 pounds of muscle for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is one of the most conditioned athletes I've ever seen in my life. So Russell Westbrook never has to come into camp and say, oh, I gained 10 pounds of muscle or I lost 15 pounds because Russell Westbrook has been cut since the morning he walked into the league and hasn't had more than 3 or 4% body fat. So right. Russell Westbrook can't come into camp with the, oh yeah, I gained 10 pounds of muscle. Russell Westbrook needs to come into the camp with, I gained an understanding of where I am in the league. <laughs> that's yep. what, that's what I'm willing to be a role to player. Yeah. 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 Um, and look, good, maybe good the one, the one thing I will say, and I, I don't think this will happen, but the one thing I will say is this is a guy who's from LA who was excited about being back in LA, who, if he has any sort of sense of what's going on around him at all, has to be looking around and saying, where is this going for me? And maybe, maybe that require that causes him to take a look in the mirror and say, all right, if I do want to be in LA and I do want to be on the Lakers, this is what I need to do. I personally do not think that's going to happen, but (laughs) that is the pie in the sky. If you want to hope it works out, move for him to make counterpoint, the statement his agent put out one month ago, 
Oh, I was yeah. just about to say, why doesn't he have the same agent anymore? <laughs> well, listen, what I happened? mean, I've been the what one who's been in that long term for... agent relationship. Yeah, I'm the one who's been saying for years he's going to go out like Allen Iverson. I mean, I just think that's where this is headed and he's going to be done in the very near future. because <laughs> I mean, He's not going to be a role player. And I, you know, nothing's happened to this point to make me think yeah. otherwise. All right. Well, I just watched that. You know, I, I like to go back to old press conferences. Um, sometimes it's three years on, on. Sometimes it's three months on. Sometimes it's three weeks on. And uh, let's just say I uh, saved the link. From that I like that buddy cop movie that we saw yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, McMahon. Travel home safe. Get back to Texas where you belong and you can get sandwiches with credit cards late at night. And uh, thank you, Bon Temps. Hope your Mets win tonight. Never knew you were a Mets fan. All right. Uh, thank you to our producers as well, everybody. Thanks for listening to Hoop Collective. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash hoop.